I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey guys, welcome back. TGIF. I know I say this a lot, um, but we have such a good episode for you today. Uh, We're going to dig the dirt on email marketing. And this is one, this is like the topic I think next to farm finances is probably my favorite like topic to just teach or not teach, learn, read about. Um, I listen to podcasts, you know, episodes on email marketing. I've read books on, you know, how how I can write better. Um, So I just think it's probably like the most important skill to have for, to grow your business. Um, So to help us with this today, uh, to learn how to write, create email marketing content for our customers that they actually look forward to reading each week, um, we have on the show today a fellow flower farmer, Andy Snyder from Terra Farms here with us. Andy, welcome. Thank you. It's super exciting to be here and talking about, I guess, both of my passions put together. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a little gem in the flower farming world because you're, I actually, um, I found you in the, I think it was the Cut Flower Quarterly. Is that, did you do an article for? I did a, a series of, of three articles for, for them. Oh, I have only read one. I need to go like dig it. You'll have to tell us what they are. Like, cause the, the one I read was like, it's great. Um, but that's how I kind of realized that you had a writing background um, and writing copyright and, and you know, with e-newsletters. And then, so I actually, I get your weekly, or I don't know, is it weekly? I think it is weekly, right? Like your newsletter that you send out? If I'm doing my job, it's weekly. Sometimes we get busy <laughs> and it's, it's every other week, but it's it's supposed to be be weekly. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, I and It's really good. And I, um, I enjoy it because you write sort of like it's it's sort of wired for my brain so i don't process like it's very hard for me to sit down and read like a very long newsletter and when your stuff comes in it's like it's humorous or um it's thoughtful and you know you're kind of tying things back into the farm they're enjoyable to read um i really i really enjoy them and i've of course i've chatted with uh lonnie your wife the other half um of of Terra Farms through Instagram. And uh, so when I saw your stuff come up in Cut Flower Quarterly, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't, hadn't made the connection with that. That's great. Yeah. We have a, we have a lot of fun with the e-letter. The e-letter is, is a very important part of our business. And, uh, you know, it, it can't under, understate that and how important it is. You, you know, mentioned farm finances, farm finances and, um, you know, the value of, of writing as a skill. It's huge. And it's, it's just not the e-letter, it's, it's website copy and it all, it all boils down. And I, I think it's, that's why it's, it's so important. And we have great success because of that e-letter. Mm-hmm. People ask questions about it all the time and it's such a huge piece to like take under and to understand and, you know, you want all the answers for it, but it's really just kind of like a big learning curve. So 
tell us like tell us about your farm and your background um like as the writing and how you've been able to marry like the two the two passions that you have sure yeah i, I never thought i'd be uh you know a writer on a, a flower farm so i've been a, a writer for my whole career i've, I've written essays books um, almost daily for the last 20 years. So it ties right in. And, and we started the flower farm in, in 2018. Um, long story about how we, we got here, but um, we, we bought this farm 2018 and just kind of launched it very small. And it, it grew and grew and grew. Now we have employees and it's it's my wife's full-time job. It's it's my second full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the writing plays a, a huge part of that. We want it to be a, an even bigger part. You know, there's talks of, you know, all of our customers uh, come to, to the farm, visit us, email us and say, hey, you need to write a book. I love what you're doing. So, you know, that's the next oh, step wow. in our journey awesome. is to, to, you know, take it even, even bigger. And, and again, writing plays such an important role in our business model. Mm -hmm. So Andy, I know I've listened to a lot of things and people say that our email list is like the only list of people that we own. So that's for me, like that, the the thought that our social medias eventually are are controlled by somebody else and they could go away at any moment is what really like started me to making sure that my email list was something that I coveted and I spoke, tried to speak to them regularly. Um, So for you, um, I know you said you do it weekly, but why do you think that good writing is so important? And then how do we get over that barrier sometimes where we feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? We feel insecure about what we're going to write about. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in that mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, as far as owning your list, you're, you're, you're right. You know, in many businesses, that's one of their, their number one assets mm-hmm. um, in our, our flower farm. If, you know, our sales would be drastically different if we couldn't communicate with our readers through the e-letter. You know, of course, Lonnie does an excellent job with uh, our Instagram account, and that's a very big part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, at TikTok, you know, look at the headlines and what folks are talking about, you know, the, the Justice Department wants to, there, there's legislation that's being worked. On, I don't know if it'll pass, but they're trying to outlaw TikToks, and so so imagine that. And then you look at what you know mm-hmm. is happening with with Twitter. If your business is is based on those, and you don't have anything else, they could be shut down quickly. You know, mm-hmm. thankfully, you know, like with shadow shadow banning and canceling, the flower farming world is not all that controversial. We don't have to worry about yeah. getting yeah. boosted off of something, but yeah. we just don't know. But with e letters, you own those names. Those are the one thing that you have that you know you can do what you want with with limit with them and you can you can talk to your your readers whenever you know whenever they want to read it they they open your email you can market to them in in ways that you can't do on facebook instagram Mm -hmm. you can tell your story you have you know more than you know you have as many words as as you want so uh, an e-letter is just such a powerful it's not the only way to communicate with your your customers but it's a very powerful way to tell your 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 story and your brand I think, you know, flower farmers, we all get very passionate about the growing the flowers, but we we overlook the difficulties in, in marketing and branding and, and making ourselves different than, you know, the, the big importers or the, you know, the, the big, the big, you know, online floors, mm-hmm. things like that. That's you know, what, what we can do is, is, is stand out and, and tell a different story. So on the idea of, you know, you asked what makes good writing, really, it's just you got to write. Um, you know, the, the number one rule for, for a writer is, is to write. And then the second one is to read a lot. Um, and it doesn't yeah. matter what you read. Um, you know, I'm pretty picky with, with what I read because it, I, to me, it's, it's a muscle. Um, so, I'm, you know, or like, like your body, you put good food in, you know, good things are, are you're going you're gonna to grow. 
Um, so I'm, I'm pretty particular with, with what I read, but I'll read, read anything and, you know, and filter it through that way. But, um, you know, as far as writer's block, something like that, just get out there and write every day and, and, and figure out what your audience wants and just keep writing to them. Mm-hmm. I know I personally have a lot of, uh, I still struggle with some insecurities with my writing. Uh, it, it goes back from literally from high school, middle school. Uh, I used to count out, like, you remember when a teacher would make you read out loud in something? And I just got super anxious about it. And then I got this anxiety about my reading or my writing. I was much better at math, science. Those were my things. And so I have carried, I'm 40. I have carried that into my adulthood where it's like, oh, okay, English just, it wasn't my thing or, you know, I was afraid to write. And so when I started my newsletter, you know, I have this thought, this like negative thought in my head was like, well, who's going to want to read what I have to say, you know, or like, what am I going to write about? Like all of those, those things. So when people will say like, oh, I love your newsletter, my inner critic wants to get like, really? Like, you know, it, it, uh, I have to kind of silence that side, but it's like, how do you encourage people that have that sort of hang up or maybe those negative thoughts to like work through that if they have writer's block or not, they don't know what to write any of those? Like, what, what would you say to them? What would you say to me? <laughs> I, you know, a lot of advice on that. I think the first thing is the, the stigma of a writer. You know, we, we look at our, our, our culture and, and you see all these, these you know, movies where uh, it's, it's a, a writer living this romantic life. It's not that at all. Um, really, as, as we're writing our, our e-letter or communicating with our, our, our customers, we're just communicating our brand. We're telling a story. We're, we're telling them something we want them to know. We're not a, you know, Shakespearean writer. I was an English major and I absolutely hated it. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm a very simple, I think that's why my writing works is I'm simple. I can write on a third grade level cause that's kind of who I am. Um, but you, you know, if, if you try to put too much into your writing, I had a, uh, I think it was a 10th grade teacher one time tell me just stick with the basics. And then once you get good, then you can add on some flair in your own style. Um, which is, is just a, a great rule to follow, but stick with the basics, figure out what you want to tell somebody. And then just tell them that, you know, avoid cliches like the plague. If, if you're if you're writing something that sounds like everybody else is writing the same thing or if it just kind of rolls off your tongue like this is the natural thing to say, it's probably not what you should write. Writing should be a little difficult and, and creative and unique, but don't try to write anything, you know, fancy and, and real flowery or, or, or fluffy. Stick with the basics. Tell your story and then get out of there. And people will appreciate that. It's shorter, it's easier to read. And, you know, we all have short attention spans and, and you know, mm-hmm. get in and, and get out and, and what to write. You know, I always act like I'm writing to, to my to my mother or even a, a grandmother, mm-hmm. um, just telling them something simple, something I know they'll like, something that interests me, but then it has a little bit of a flair to it that, that they're going to like. And if you stick with those rules, it gets really easy when you get in your head and think, mm-hmm. man, I got to make this sound, you know, extra fluffy, extra flowery and, and, and be poetic. That's when you get in trouble and, and you end up having cliches and, and it's just mm-hmm. the same old, same old stuff. And you just yeah. beat yourself and write simple. All right, Andy. So with the ideal customer, like I was given the piece of advice once to uh, write to our ideal customer. And you just mentioned like your mom or your grandma. Do you, who do you write to when you sit down to write? Absolutely. So everything I write, you know, I always have the audience in mind. You're always writing to the audience. And, and you know, before I'll, I start a, an e-letter, you know, and, and, and 
start building that list, I think of that, that avatar, I build an avatar, write down their, their traits, what they like. Um, you know, so with our flower farm, we know it's, it's, it's usually 18 year old plus to, to, you know, a hundred year old women who like flowers and, and the vast majority of our readers are within about 25 miles of us. So, you know, if I'm writing about the weather or something, I, you know, I, I'm very specific to the, to that location, but I have that, that image in my head. I, I kind of write to a person, you know, has a little bit more disposable uh, income, a little bit more educated. So, you know, I can, I can dive a little bit deeper into things, but I absolutely have that, that avatar in mind and, you know, I'll write it down. And, and have those facts just so I can keep coming back to it. So, yeah, that's a huge role in writing is, is to know your audience and, and write to them. Yeah. With the newsletter, I know when we first started, I was always, I mean, we're we're literally bombarded with emails every single day, like 30% off this and do this and do that. Um, so for me, it was like I when I first started because I was nervous about like, adding that personal touch, like that connection to my customer, it, it felt like super salesy. Um, and of course, like I want to let them know things that are going on. Um, but I finally, when I started adding in like a tiny, like just a tiny letter, even about like things that were happening in my personal life. Cause what I realized that, that I'm Bloom Hill is the farm, but I am really, my husband and I are the brand. So what people wanted to do was connect with me. Um, so how, when I added that in, um, I felt like I saw a really big difference and people started looking forward to my weekly newsletter. So I guess what, what do you see as like the value in a newsletter and and how do you connect with your customers that way? Yeah. So, I mean, from a business owner perspective, it'd be great if every piece was a marketing piece, Mm -hmm. but I probably see, you know, good sales at first and they trickle off and people wouldn't open my either. There's nothing in it for them unless they're Mm -hmm. looking for exactly what I'm pushing at at that point. They're not going to come back, but there is absolutely value in in storytelling, building that brand. And the way I've always taught it, and I think it's a great way of looking at it, I'm going to show my age, but like the sitcom uh, Seinfeld, Right. So Seinfeld was really a show about nothing. And they, they talked about that. But what a cast of characters that they had. So, you know, you had had Jerry, Elaine, uh, Newman. Um, so and we all remember those folks. And we know from one episode to the next what's going to happen. And, and they don't have to reintroduce those characters. So, you know, in, in every e-letter, um, you have to have that that hero. So for you, it might be you and your husband. It might be the flowers. It might be the farm. Ideally, your, your customer is also a hero because they, you know, we're all selfish. We want something for ourselves, but we also have to have uh, an enemy in there, um, you know, depending on what your brand is. You don't want to be, you know, slamming the competition or, or you know, being hateful in your, your e-letter. But there has to be something that, you know, that you're better than. If you're the, if you're the hero, you got to be better than something else. So having that, that, that enemy in there. And then the the protagonist, the antagonist. And so folks that read our e-letter a lot, um, you know, I don't know, once a month or so, I mentioned this heron, uh, a great blue heron that flies by. Um, and he, he's just become a recurring character. And I see him, you know, out my window almost every day. We have a creek and he flies up there. And in my head, maybe I'm just weird, but I see him, you know, commuting to work every day. And he's out in nature and then he goes, um, lives along the, or works along the creek, gets fish. Then at the end of the day, he gets tired and, and grabs his lunchbox and, and goes back. And I just make him a, a recurring character in the e-letter. And people ask me all the time, like, or when they're here at the farm and they see the heron, boy, the, the light bulbs go off and, and they're they're super excited. They feel like they're, they're part of the farm. And you don't get that from, you know, a big 
commercial outfit, you know, commercial farms, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just bringing that in. And we all have that in our lives. We just have to get really good at honing that skill. And that's why writing every day is so important because, you know, you'll get tired. You won't know what to write about. So then you go back and write about the same thing you wrote about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have recurring themes and recurring heroes. And then just have some fun with that, you know, personify those things um, and, and just get your readers to be familiar with, with those things. When they see them, when they hear them again, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was really neat. And, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. it's, it becomes pretty simple. Yeah, I think in your, um, I don't know if it's on your website or somewhere, or you said it, was uh, that everybody has a story. And I have to try to remember that, you know, because it's like, yeah, even just like recalling what we did this week or just the way Shannon's explaining it too, uh, for myself, it's like when I started, um, interjecting myself more into the brand, I noticed that the business was growing and two things in life that I'm really passionate about are flowers and horticulture and farming. And then there's this piece of me that is the, which feels like the vulnerable piece, but it's like, there's a personal self growth journey. And I, I have shared that in my newsletter. Like that sort of became my, you know, I say sometimes you get a newsletter about flowers and sometimes you just get a recap of my therapy session. You know, it's just like, but it's been a way that I've connected with people because to me, flowers are a healing process, you know, and those people that come to our UPIC. So um, I, I, sometimes I feel like when I'm writing, I'm like, I get like a writer's block or, you know, cause I don't write every day. I sit down once a week to write my newsletter. So like, how do you think about what you're going to write? You know, when you sit down, you already have it in your mind. Like where do you pull that content from or how do you get an idea that sparks what you're going to write about this week? That's a, a great question. I, I think the, the right answer, the right answer in quotes is that of course I have, you know, everything mapped out what I'm going to write about. But I'd say 70% of the time I sit in front of a, a blank piece of paper and, and just start writing. Um, and then 10% of the time I'll er- erase the first paragraph and start over, but most of the time I'll just keep going with it. Um, and, and just, you know, there, there's no right way to start, uh, an essay or, a, a email or something. Um, you just have to start it and, and, and go with it and get creative with it. Because if you, if you sit there and think, man, what's the perfect thing to write about today, you're not going to get it. And then you're going to get frustrated and it's going to start to hurt and you're not going to want to do it. So just sit down and, and start writing. And again, sometimes it, it won't make any sense or you won't know where you're going to go. Um, but a lot of the time, most of the time, you'll, you'll figure out how to get there. It's, it's like, you know, going through a, a maze and you figure out the, the little, you know, uh, rows to follow. Um, but just just start writing. Um, and, you know, one thing that I do, and I think this is a, a good industry secret, is if, if you can't think of anything, walk away and go take a shower. There's all sorts of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, medical research that talks about when we're in the shower, our brains kind of shut off yeah. and oh, we, we end up getting creative. I get a ton of story ideas in the shower. I haven't, uh, ever taken a notepad in the shower with me, but I, I should, get one <laughs> yeah. of those, you know, right in the rain. Notepads. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, a quick, you know, five, 10 minute shower kind of resets everything. And I'll guarantee you you'll find something to write about. Yeah. But the, the other trick is just to kind of keep that mental list when you're at the, the grocery store and you see that, that little old lady, I don't know, drop, uh, some rigatoni that, and there's a story there. There's a, there's a story in, in everything. We just have to, 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 you know, 
put it on paper and, and start telling it. And I think that's the thing where we, you talk about your personal growth and, you know, there's, there's 7 billion of us on this planet, but we're all alike. Um, if, if I'm thinking something, there's a really good chance the, the rest of my readership is thinking something very similar or has, has felt that. So if I just get out there and, and get vulnerable and put it on paper, they're going to a either appreciate that I'm being vulnerable or more likely B, they're going to relate with it and say, oh, yeah, that guy thinks like me. I'm, I'm very similar to that. I like that. And this is this is my brand. I want to do more with this brand. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. When you're writing are you like weaving what's going on in your farm? Like the sale, not sale, are you selling like in disguise when you're writing or what percentage of your newsletter is kind of devoted to like, hey, here's what's going on and here's where you can find us and working on connecting with the customer, would you say? Yeah, that's, whew, that's, that's a good question. So <laughs> the, the answer is yes. I'm always, always selling. Um, I hate to say it's in disguise, but let's be honest. That's why we're in business yeah. to make money. And yeah. We write e-letters. You know, we give mm-hmm. our time, so it makes money. Um, even when I'm not actually, you know, I don't have a link or don't have a, a dollar sign in anything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely selling. I'm getting people to like our brand, and, uh, and I'm, I'm marketing that. And then from there, so you could really have three different styles of, of e-letters. I think this is important. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, out of out of five e-letters. Three of those should have no sale, no link, nothing, just totally branding, building your story and getting people Mm -hmm. to like it. One of those can be kind of a a hybrid. One or two of those can be a hybrid, which is what I do fairly often is, you know, tell your story at the bottom, like, oh, yeah, this relates to, you know, if you want to see the great blue heron fly by come tonight at six o'clock when we have, you know, a big sale, mm-hmm. something like that. Yes. So it's three quarters of it is story and value. Then there's a sale. And every once in a while, you know, one out of five or, or one out of five is probably fine. Then you can do a, a direct push. And, and your readers, mm-hmm. if you get the ratio right, your readers will appreciate that because then you can be urgent with that and be like, hey, we're selling Christmas wreaths right now. We've only got five left. If you want them, come get them. Um, and then that, I mean, that creates urgency and, 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 and brings people out. And, and they know that when you're saying that you're, you're serious, you have the, the build up capital with them that they're going to say, Hey, you know, I need one of those, those reads. If you did that every time, again, they, they, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't pay attention and would go away. So it's that, that big blend. It's a bit of an investment, but you're mm-hmm. always selling even when, when you're not. And I think that's mm-hmm. the, the key can't always yeah. be in, in sales mode. You're, you need to be building that relationship. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. do you get your people on your list? Because I know with like we talk about all the time on here about our you know about our newsletter and, and the importance of having ones. But if you if you have no newsletter, uh, so I guess twofold question: one, where do you start if you don't have a newsletter? Like talk like let's talk platforms and all that. And then how do you get a people on a list if they you know they have no they have nothing they don't have a website or whatever yeah that's probably the most daunting and 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 can be the trickiest side it takes experience um if if i'm starting without a list today so i I need some sort of traffic flow i need somebody uh or something to introduce me to folks so uh social media is a good one you can pay for for ads on on facebook um we've done uh you know a fair amount of that um done right it, it pays off very handsomely um you know Social media ads are a little more expensive than they, they have been, but they're still one of the cheapest sources of, of traffic out there. So if, if I'm starting day zero with nothing, I'm on Facebook spending, I don't know, $15 a week. 
um, trying to get folks either to my website or directly mm-hmm. sign up to mm-hmm. to my e-letter, uh, depending on your business model, which one of those would work. Um, and then once you have, you know, if, you, if you're getting, you know, search traffic or traffic mm-hmm. to your website, you know, we just have a pop up on our, our, our site that comes up after a few seconds. Sign up for our e-letter. You need some enticing copy there to, to, to get folks to sign up, because, again, uh, folks are trained that when they put their e-letter or their email address in, they're going to get sold to. Um, so you got to convince them that you're going to do more than, than sell to them. And so maybe you can have some uh, some copy, uh, sample copy, some blogs or, or something on your site to, to entice them, some testimonials that show how valuable your, your e-letter is. And then in-person in signups are probably the, the best. Um, so we're lucky at, at Terra Farms because we do a, a pretty good UPIC business. So everybody that's, that checks into our our uh, our UPIC is asked to sign up for our e-letter. They don't always have to, or they, they don't all do it, but those people, um, you know, when, when they sign up, they're already familiar. They know the guy that, that is writing it and we have that relationship. So really any touch you have with a subscriber or with a, 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 a customer, you should turn them into a subscriber, um, whether that's social media, probably the, the widest net to getting them on your property and, and signing up the, the smallest, but most effective net. So give me your give me your elevator pitch. I just came to your UPIC and I've never been there before. How do you hit me up with your with to get onto your email list? Yeah, so we, we tell the farm story. Folks come to our farm and they 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 you know we're out in the country. They a lot of them have have seen our advertising come out, didn't know we exist. I'm like, oh, you need to hear more about our story. You hear the story about how my wife and I met. You know, we met in Alaska. I was a fishing guide. Um, you know, give them a little bit of a tease. And then and they'll, they'll sign up. Getting them to sign up uh, in person is easiest. Getting them to mm-hmm. sign up online, that's a little more work. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, we have the, there's some, some, some rules, some copywriting tricks and rules you can follow. And, and, you know, getting them, it has to feel useful. So we have something we call the, the, the four U's. Um, it has to be, your copy should be urgent. It should be useful. It should be unique and it should be ultra specific. If you can pull in all four of those, like excellent. You're going to get all sorts of sales mm-hmm. and um, getting you know signups. But if you can pull in even one or two of those, you're going to do well. So make it feel usable, useful for the reader. If I see a, a pop up that says, you know, sign up here to get marketing from us, I'm not going to do it. But if mm-hmm. I see something that says sign up here to get um our, our industry insider secrets on how to make your flowers last three times as long. That's useful. And it's ultra specific. I'm going to mm-hmm. sign up. So it's, it's those little tricks that are, are super helpful and, and can really set a business apart. Yeah. I like that. I like that. The for you, I wrote writing that down, <laughs> just like need it as like a little <laughs> sticky note as a prompt. <laughs> yeah. Use that for anything from, from subject, even if you're writing an email to uh uh, I don't know, somebody that owes you money, the four U's are, are important <laughs> yeah. or, you know, yeah. to whatever. Um, that's just a, you know, for subject lines, headlines, the lead of your essay, that's all very important. Mm-hmm. Now, Andy, when I signed up for your newsletter, I noticed I got an, an email back saying, thank you for subscribing, not a generic one, but a very specific, a very cool one with a picture of you with a little story. And I, I'm like, I, okay, that's something that I do not do. And I'm really going to try and implement that. Is that something you created at first or you felt like people wanted to, con- it was a way to connect instantly or what was the thought process behind that? That's something we, that's important to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Build that relationship right mm-hmm. off the start. You want to start giving some, some value, 
Um, you know, most email providers have kind of a default message. But again, yeah. you know, as, as business owners, we're, tr- we're not trying to be default. We're not trying to be in the middle. We're trying to be on the, the high end. We want to be the mm-hmm. best, the most unique. Um, so we have to do that, that extra handholding. And, and if it's a little harder, it's probably the, the right thing to do. And so, you know, Lonnie and I, we really want to tell our story right away and have people connect uh, right away with it. And it pays off. Just yesterday, we were talking about uh, a wedding client that we got. And she said, you know, your, your bid wasn't the cheapest, but I, I like your story. I like what you do. I trust you. And, and, you know, you have locally grown flowers. And those are all the things that we're hitting on in our e-letter, our marketing, our website copy. And it, it comes back. And, and, you know, so then we can charge a little bit more for our, our flowers, make a little more profit, be a little more sustainable with our business. And, and, you know, all because of those just slightly different words and the, the different things that we do. It absolutely pays off. Do you have a preference on the platform that you use? Uh, I've, I've used several through throughout the years. I've used some, some custom ones, you know, um, you know, corporate, but I, I always come back, you know, personally with the, the, the field, we use MailChimp. It has everything that it has more than, you know, I've worked for multi hundred million dollar companies that do nothing but email and it works just as good or better than, than their mm-hmm. systems. Um, it's not super cheap. You're going to pay for, for what you, uh, um, you know, you can start free, then as soon as you, I think it's 2,000, 1,500 subscribers, you, you have to end up paying more and you can do segmenting and um, there's all sorts of art to, to email segmenting and, and MailChimp has it figured out, makes it easy yeah. to do and you can grow with it. So you can start at zero and, and get it for free. And then as you get good and get more subscribers and get a bigger business, it makes sense. The ROI is, is absolutely there. It's, it's a no brainer. You know, that, yeah. that auto recurring bill comes in every month. I don't even think about it. It's, yeah. you know, don't tell the folks at MailChimp, but a lot of people would, would pay more. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, somebody had given me advice once to go in and clear out my inactive subscribers. Mm-hmm. Is that something you recommend? You know, cause I've seen my list grow and, you know, I don't know if, you know, maybe they open like 1% of my emails. Like at one point, do you deactivate them or take them off your list? What's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, that is a a huge science, very important science. And it's an always evolving science. So, you know, Gmail has its own algorithms. And I remember when they went to the the social and promotion tab, what that did to the the email world. Yeah. In, In a nutshell, I'd rather write to a small but active list than a large and inactive list. And you might say, well, that large and inactive list, even if that one person only opens 1% of the time, you know, that 1% could still be valuable. And it's true, but with, with all the, the spam traps and, and spam filters now, um, you want to be writing to an active list to get into that, that email inbox and make sure you're getting there or else you're going to be stuck in, in, you know, spam purgatory, not get your, your message delivered. Does the algorithm to whoever's it's receiving, do they know that we have like a less active list or how does that work? They can't see our, our whole list, but they can see the segment of our list that's on there. So anything with that Gmail extension, they can see okay. that and run their huh. own math behind that. Um, and, and, and Gmail is the leader that, you know, everybody else follows. So if you're getting in the, in the inboxes on, uh, on Gmail, you're, you're doing all right. But again, I don't want to give too many plugs for, for MailChimp, but they have a pretty good setup of, of helping you clean their, your names and, and, you know, looking to see who's active. Um, and then you can even email specifically to the, uh, 
um, active subscribers. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of science behind all that, but for the, for the basic flower farmer, you know, just starting out or even has a list of two, 3000 names, you're going to be fine without too much scrubbing. Maybe once a year, you want to go in there and, and deactivate, mm-hmm. but MailChimp's going to do a lot of that for you. And they'll scrub names that are, you know, aren't accurate. A lot of people will, will put in a fake email address trying to get, you know, uh, something mm-hmm. free or, or, or whatever, and they'll yeah. scrub those out and mm-hmm. make sure your huh. list is clean. Well, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So as far as, so let, let's say that someone decides that they want to get started with their newsletter and they're ready to go. So what are some writing tips, tricks that you use to like either get the juices flowing or thinking about like the format and writing titles to your, I, I know I struggle so oh. much with that with my newsletter. I'm I like, know. do I keep it the same? I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I really need some help, especially on like writing the title of my email. So what, what kind of tr- tips and tricks do you have for us there? Sure. Specific. I mean, I could, I should, I should set up a class and do a class on all this. Um, yes, I would love to take it. <laughs> I will do it. Um, specifically on, on subject lines or titles, again, mm-hmm. the four U's. Um, so I've spent a lot of time, probably too much time looking through Excel spreadsheets and open rates based on, on, you know, subject lines. Oh. And I can tell you, so um, this is a little trick, you know, if you, if you look at our e-letter, um, often you'll see a pessimistic subject line or something like um, one that jumps out is, you know, in quotes, it's all gone or um, (laughs) they took everything. And man, those things, it just shows human nature that we're, I don't know, we're we're curious or pessimistic, but if if it's negative and it looks like a storm blew the whole flower field away, just about everybody on that list is going to open it and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to be careful with that. You don't want to trick folks and, and be like, you know, get them in there and be like, ah, everything's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have to tie it in and, and tell mm-hmm. the story. But I would definitely have each subject line unique. Um, okay. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, Andy's Flower Farm, uh, digest number one, digest number yeah. two. Okay. They're, they're going to die off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, those those four U's, it should be useful. Maybe how to make your flowers last longer. It should be urgent. We've only got five dahlias left. Um, it should be, I forget which one's already said, useful and urgent. It should be ultra specific. Um, these yellow, bu- blue hued snapdragons are super hot. People are going to like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm losing count. Did I say ultra specific? I don't know. Unique. Urgent, useful, ultra specific, unique. It should be mm-hmm. unique, uh, as in, uh, um, you know, the, the wind took everything last night or the blue heron f- flew by at six o'clock this morning, something like that, mm-hmm. just to stand out and make folks, uh, you know, want to click on that versus mm-hmm. the 30 other uh, things in their inbox. And inbox timing is important. Mm-hmm. I send everything early in the in the morning. Um, you know, you got to think for okay. our flower farm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, within 25 miles of here. But if you're sending something to, you know, a nationwide list, you got to think of folks on the, the East Coast mm-hmm. and the West Coast. And, and you can segment out versus that, but I try to get things out in the morning and a lot of people will write in and say, Hey, I love reading your stories over, over mm-hmm. coffee. And again, that ties into, to what you're writing. If you're writing a, a yeah. kind of a, a daily recap that's shortened to the point, probably any time of the day would work, but you want to be different than everybody else. But mm-hmm. if you're writing something where you're asking folks to invest a little bit of time, you don't want to do it at 11 in the morning when we have, you know, four zoom meetings and weeds to pull and, and all sorts yeah. of other things. Mm-hmm. You want to do it when they're sitting there and have, you know, a couple minutes of, of wake up time in front of their cough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had a, you had a uh, subject line once 
uh, Andy that said like Lonnie was right or something like that. Lonnie was right again or something. <laughs> it was really cute. And you're like, well, shocker, <laughs> you know, and the email was just about yeah. something with the pick or whatever. It was That's really cute. cute. So yeah. Aww. All all of those opens were probably her printing that off and sending it to her her family and friends or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if I trust the statistics, but yeah. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. I, so, quick question, because you know, I always feel like I have to sign the. I I farm with Judd with my my husband Judd, and I always feel like I have to sign the newsletter from Shannon and Judd. But really, it's just me writing it. So, do you write the newsletter from your perspective only? I do. Every once okay. in a while, um, I, I, I've done some ghostwriting for Lonnie at the very beginning. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It just. I mean, it just. <laughs> It just doesn't write, work as well. So yeah. um, I would, without going too deep into it, mm-hmm. I would pick one person. Again, you have the okay. hero. The yeah. the and I would I would focus on on having it come from from one person. But I again, like it that. could be your brand. Mm-hmm. What you could do is have a section that, that's just from him. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be really unique and, and tie yeah. in you know his story and, and build the brand that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, another rule that this is probably the the most important rule, um, the, the rule of one. Right. So each e-letter should do one thing. Um, I, I have all sorts of evidence that shows if, if you're trying to sell Dahlia Snapdragons, uh, Christmas wreaths and I don't know, your, your latest video on how to mm-hmm. run a pick, you're not going to sell any of those very well. Or if, if your essay is mm-hmm. about the, the great blue heron, how my Snapdragons died and how the weeds are taking over, none of that's going to stick. But if you write yeah. one essay about how the, the weeds are taking over or the great blue heron, that's going to be much, much stronger. So whether it's, you know, you and your husband, that's kind of breaking the, the rule, which should be coming from one person about okay. one subject. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the most important. That's really hard for folks to, to, yeah. to figure out. It takes years to really hone that skill and, mm-hmm. and, and understand, you know, uh, was it Hemingway that, that talked about, you know, cutting down everything, cutting, 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 um, and you you take your first draft and then cut it in, in third again. And, you know, and I think the line is, you know, uh, something about our, our, you know, you have to kill your darlings. That was Hemingway. And so you might have something that you really want to put in there. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm smart for thinking that um, <laughs> and, and putting that out makes me sound great. A lot of times you just got to cut that because it, it sounds good to you, but but not anybody else. So really condense it down and, and you know, good writing should be a, a, a great e-letter for any business should be like on a third grade level. If we look at presidential speeches, no matter the president, we'll get political, um, but the, the good speeches are written on like a, a third or fourth grade level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're, you're using simpler or have simpler ideas. It's just you're using shorter words. And shorter paragraphs. That's an, another great mm-hmm. thing in an e-letter. Um, so, so we all went to, or a lot of us went to college and we had professors that said, you know, we have to write, uh, I don't know, six pages, double space, and our paragraphs have to be this long. We have to have a single idea in the paragraph. I mean, just <laughs> bundle all that up, toss it out the window. Um, you know, a, a great first paragraph can be half a sentence with an ellipse at the end of it, you know, dot, dot, dot. And then, um, you know, the, the shorter the words we use, the fewer syllables and the shorter our paragraphs absolutely are going to be easier to read. People are going to open your email. They're going to scan it first. And if they see big blocks of text, they're gone. They don't want to mm-hmm. waste their time or, you know, even if it's something useful in there, we're all inherently lazy. But if we take that first line and lead it into the second, into the third, 
they're going to follow that through and, 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 and like it. And there's all sorts of ways. There's ways even in Microsoft Word to, to get a, an actual score. It runs a math equation on what you're writing um, to get a, a grade level and a read, uh, reading ease skill or score with that. And so mm-hmm. there's all sorts of tricks there, but keep it short, keep it simple, and you'll do much better. Are you team emoji in the subject line or team no emojis in the subject line? <laughs> That's a tough one. So I'm not an emoji guy. Um, I'm probably an emotional guy. Um, but I, I don't like emojis, but every once in a while, I'd say one out okay. of 10, they can okay. do it. And yeah. If it's, again, it, it depends what you talk to, you know, to me, yeah. they're, they're very fluffy and they're the same as exclamation points. I hate exclamation points, but I'll throw <laughs> one in every once in a while. There's, there's, I, I can't think of it now. There's a great quote about how wasteful exclamation points are. They're an emoji. They will open boost your open rates occasionally. <laughs> exactly. Again, you uh-huh. do it all the time. Yeah, they have to help tell the story. So if it's a good emoji, mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be for it. But no, I'm not. <laughs> I uh, I had a boss one time tell me that um, the explanation points he. He said he always feels like people are yelling at him. He's like, "Why are you yelling at me? Why did you use three of them?" You know, it's like yeah. he just he did not like them. So that's what I. He said I, they weren't useful. Yeah, they they they. I don't know. They just do more than they they should. They're I don't know. They're a very intrusive uh, punctuation mark. If that makes sense. <laughs> I'm an overuser. I have to go through after I write my newsletter and take them out because I'll like I'll. I'll give an exclamation point on at the end of every. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's going to be the darling that you have to cut. You got to get in there and, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll allow you to have one every every three e letters. Okay, wait, one? Yeah, oh. <laughs> but Shannon's a very bubbly personality. Oh She's like God. a very like cheerful, happy. So I think that's probably why you're using them. You know, it's like probably yeah. yeah okay, like I'm really going to edit it down. Yes, that's okay. it. I. I'm try it, and, try it and see that. what happens. If, if, <laughs> if, yeah, if nobody starts reading your e-letters and you, you know you have trouble, it's not my fault. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I guarantee it'll work. That's funny. So, do you do like audits for people or anything? Like, I, is that um, Ooh, something yeah. you have you ever thought of that consulting service? Sure. Be, oh, okay. You might have a customer. I absolutely there. have. Um, kind of just word of mouth, that sort of thing, but. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of editing in my life and, you know, it's what I'm passionate about. I love, you know, I, I written for the, the, the quarterly, you know, helping folks yeah. start e-letters. And, mm-hmm. um, some people did reach out and, and helped them with it, but any of your, your uh, listeners, I'd love to, to help out and just drop me an email and, and absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I know. I keep thinking that's like, I just, I love reading about it. I read a book one time that was, this book will help you write better. It was like a very simple, like tiny little book. Um, and it had a lot of kind of, do you know the book I'm referring to? I don't know. I, my favorite is uh, On Writing Well by William Zinser. It's it's not thin, but it's it's an easy read. Uh, I guess a, a book on good writing should be an easy read. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's again, there's just some simple rules that you, you follow and it, your writing will be immensely better. But yeah, any book uh, on writing could help. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Any? Did we miss anything? I feel like we covered a lot. Did we miss any anything that you want to hit that we didn't cover? Yeah, I, I, it, I'll just kind of recap everything I kind of rambled on about. Yeah. You know, write often is the key. Um, you know, if you're just starting out, write half a dozen just for yourself. Don't even get anybody to to proofread them. 
um, just write for yourself and then start getting somebody to read them. But here's the thing with, with having somebody give their opinion on their, their writing, they're going to, it takes, it takes a very trained editor to not inject their own personality and, and opinion. They have to be objective with it to let your personality and branding shine. So be careful on, on who you ask to, to read it. They, you have to trust their their opinion. But most often, if you're going to get somebody else to read it for you, just read it to make sure it makes sense. And then there's no, you know, glaring copy mistakes, you know, misspellings, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But don't have them read it unless, again, unless they're very experienced um, to say, you know, this is what you should be doing or this is right or this is wrong. This technique is right or wrong. That's up to you. It, your your writing should be specific to you, and it can it can you know have lots of exclamation points. I write with a lot of ellipses, you know, dot dot dot. Every writing teacher, writing professor would say that's totally wrong, but that's that's my style, and it, it and it works. So you know, be be careful with with who you know who you're getting advice from with that. Um, again, the the four U's super critical. Um, the, the power of one, always write about one thing, figure out that one thing you want to write about it and just keep weaving, you know, your your narrative back to that. Keep it simple. I think the magic number for uh, the the number of of words is right about anywhere from 400 to 600. Mm. Um, I think 500 right in the middle there seems to be a a sweet spot. Um, I have noticed thanks to, uh, we talked about TikTok earlier and Instagram reels, the attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. Um, so, you know, that, that, that number might have to go down to 350 words here soon as humans devolve. But uh, right now, I think we're about that devolve. 400 to 500 word level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wow. saw that. It's interesting you brought that up because I just saw um, some Instagram recommendation that people, they're they're recommending like three to five second reels now. And it used to be 10 seconds. And I'm like, are you kidding oh me? I mean, which is more, which is why I have... Instagram and I had like a little following falling out earlier this year. There was some tension, resentment. I've worked past it, <laughs> but it was there was it's for that reason because this whole connection, right? Air quote connection that we're getting through social media, it's just less and less, which is why I've put so much more value into my email and mm-hmm. connecting with them and being able to actually share my share a story. Whereas I don't. I don't feel that I can do that anymore on social media, but it's kind of depressing, you know, to think about like less and less keeping their attention span less and less. I don't know. It just makes me like, I don't know. It makes me sad. <laughs> it's like really three seconds. Yeah. With, with social media, you know, first and foremost, you're making content for them. So it has to fit their algorithm and their whole goal is to keep you on the platform, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. Um, you know, for hours on end. And of course, there's benefit for us as, as business owners to get folks to see that. But, you know, first and foremost, if, if we're going to get high, you know, bonus credits on their algorithm, we have to be doing what they want us to do, what, what benefits them. But an e-letter, you know, MailChimp doesn't really care what I write about. They're not getting anything from, from, from me writing. So I can write what I want, when I want. I can, you know, blast out as, you know, it's a lot more freedom there to do what I need to do and, and mm. tell that story. And there's, there's all sorts of ways, you know, I'm not going to say that Instagram is, is bad for business. It's built many, many businesses. Um, but an e-letter, I think, builds a much more sustainable, healthy mm. business. And, and, you know, that that has less peaks and valleys because, Instagram, all it has to do is change its algorithm yeah. or change a feature, yeah. you know, take away reels or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's going to affect a lot of businesses. But again, 
emails is a lot more straightforward and I guess just more old school and, and really get to tell your story, which I think is immensely important. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andy, this is so great. I just really, yeah. really appreciate this. Um, and we have your uh, link to your website. The website that you have, uh, we'll put them in our show notes. We'll put your farm website in there. And then tell us about the other website that you have. And is that your business that you run, the writing website? Sure. So yeah, I have, uh, it's just a very simple website, writingforriches.com. Um, that's how you can you go there and contact me if you want some some consulting work, want me to help you with your e-letter, copy, that sort of thing. Love to help, you know, go in there and just just drop me a, a, a note and I'll, I'll gladly help you out. And then we have, um, you know, talking about Instagram, my wife runs a, I think, a kick butt Instagram uh, channel. Is that what you call it? Uh, at it at uh, Arrow yeah. Farms and Field. Um, and, and so she does, that's a good way to see what we're doing and, and you know, uh, see, see how our business works. And then there's our, our website to get our e-letter. You know, you got to get our, our e-letter, terrafarmsandfield.com and just go in there and you'll see the sign up for the e-letter. Check that out and uh, see, uh, see how I put the ideas that I've talked about today into practice. Yeah, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Th- thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. I know I have a whole list of things that I'm going to go change my newsletter with. So I can't <laughs> wait to implement. I will report back. I really will. She has uh, an explanation point on her to-do list. <laughs> do it yeah, today. I do. I do. I'm, I'm erasing it right now. <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much. It was so, it was just nice to meet you. And um, I know I always, I always say Lindsay and I are learning right along with the rest of our listeners sometimes. So mm-hmm. it really is fun to be on the other side. So thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much uh, for listening again. We just appreciate it. I know you've enjoyed Andy. Head over to the show notes and you can we're, we're going to link where you can find him, all of the good stuff. So um, I really look forward to seeing you next Friday on the next podcast. Thank you so much. If you have any feedback, want to chat with us, questions, anything at all, head over to our Instagram page at Dirt on Flowers. We really do love hearing from you and we love all your episode feedback, your ideas, all of you your ideas are truly what sets what we talk about on this podcast. So we really appreciate your feedback over there. Okay, guys, uh, we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 